Hi, this is Jan Miyazaki, the host of the Wednesday 8 o'clock buzz. Thank you for tuning into WORT. If you like what you're hearing, please consider making a donation at wortfm.org slash donate. Before, and I, I was just having such great fun talking with our Sally and Hector Pertillo here. <laughs> but joining me now by phone is Chuck Collins. And Chuck Collins um, is the director of the Program on Inequality and the Common Good at the Institute for Policy Studies, where he edits inequality.org, which is a go-to reading um, site for me. Um, Chuck Collins is an expert on U.S. inequality and the racial wealth divide, the author of many books, including The Wealth Hoarders, How Billionaires spend millions to hide trillions. Also the author of Born on Third Base, a one percenter makes the case for tackling inequality, bringing wealth home and committing to the common good wealth and our commonwealth. And he has his latest book is a novel, Alter to an Erupting Sun. Hey, good morning, Chuck. I think you were in Madison a while ago um, with your novel, but good morning. Yeah, good morning, Jan. Great to be with you. Hey, so I wanted to talk with you today about the new report, The True Cost of Billionaire Philanthropy, How the Ultra-Wealthy Use Charity to Avoid Taxes, Exert Influence While Taxpayers Foot the Bill. And, you know, that's the, it's that, that, that undue influence and that we are helping to pay for that. Um, and then I wanted to talk with you about the charity reform and newsletter, because that's not going to be a new go-to thing. Um, read for me. So um, let's start with the report. Can you tell us you know, you know, what you wanted to find out? Well, I think, Jan, you framed it well, which is uh, this is the end of the year. A lot of people are, you know, give charitable giving gifts. Um, but uh, we hear a lot about billionaires giving money to charity. But what we learned is that um, the, the biggest tax breaks for charitable giving go to the wealthiest donors. The wealthier you are, the bigger tax break. And that the wealthy give differently uh, than most people. Most of us, when we give money, we give directly to uh, you know, a, a community nonprofit, a WORT or a food bank or an organization that's a qualified charity. The wealthy uh, give to a, a growing amount of money goes to private foundations and donor advised funds that they control. Uh, they get the tax break the year they put the money into their foundation or their donor advised fund, but then there's it really slowly trickles out, if at all. So that was really the point of our report is don't get all excited about when you hear about billionaires giving away their money because most of the time, they're just giving it to foundations that they control, and that charitable giving is becoming an extension of their wealth and power and influence, and we're subsidizing it. We, the taxpayer, are chipping in for that. So they, um, when we talk about the donor-advised funds, and we've we've talked about them before coming, and I and they they're. Um what what they are are these big sort of warehouses um, for charitable funds that I guess make more money off of that money. Um, the donor gets a big tax write-off, but the money just kind of trickles out over time. Yeah, I mean, in a way, th- there's nothing inherently wrong with the donor-advised fund. It's 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 a giving account. 
and it could be at a community foundation or it could be at Fidelity or Schwab or one of the big financial companies, what we've noticed is that a huge amount of giving is now going through donor-advised funds, and there's a couple problems. One is that while many people probably give uh, and, and the money kind of revolves out of their donor-advised fund, there's no requirement that the donor pay out the fund. So let, let me just make it clear. I, I have a, let's say I have a donor-advised fund. I put uh, $1,000 into it. I reduce my taxes. But then that money can sit in the donor advised fund indefinitely. And that's not true always. Some people are, you know, gifting the money out, revolving out, but it's becoming a problem. And now 27 cents of every dollar given by an individual in the United States goes through a donor advised fund. And we hope it goes through because, uh, again, we're, we're seeing funds piling up. These are where the donors have already gotten tax break but the money is not moving to a nonprofit organization, a qualified charity on the other end. So yeah, they become, they can become a vehicle for warehousing charitable dollars. So you, you say that um, these can be used to create um, perpetual foundations that extend their private power and influence. And then um, that this imbalance um, is having a corrosive impact on, on our nonprofit sector. Can you address those those two? Yeah, I mean, one problem is that just there's less money immediately flowing to the nonprofit sector because it's getting kind of slowed down, waylaid, warehoused uh, in these charitable foundations and, and uh, donor-advised funds. The other problem is it's almost all anonymous. Like there's no place, let's say you have a community organization and you're trying to raise money. Uh, there's no list of donor advised funds. There's no way you can apply to Fidelity to get support for your organization. It's all kind of an anonymously donor directed. So you might be lucky, you know, that somebody you know and likes your work is going to give you, give you money through a DAF, but there's no way easy way for a nonprofit organization to figure out how to raise money from them. So that, those are a couple of the problems. Um, but yeah, the big problem is the ultra wealthy are deducting, you know, hundreds of billions of yes. dollars of, of wealth given to foundations that they control. And that's not really good for a democracy either. Yes. Now I, I, I get, I, I get that equation that, they donate into these intermediaries and and um, extract essentially, you know, billions of dollars in deductions that then doesn't go into, you know, our services, and maybe pays out a couple of percent from that warehouse. That's right. Sort of the, you know, the hope is that at some point the money trickles out. But now we see, you know, some of the wealthiest people in the country, the, the, the billionaires who, those who have even pledged to give away uh, a portion of their wealth in their lifetime, most of that money is going to their foundation. So it means that it could be generations before the funds trickle out to meet community needs. Uh, and again, this is this is the worst case. I mean, there are people who are you know, give money in their lifetime. They, they don't pile it up. They, they sort of understand there are urgent needs today and they, uh, 
give to those organizations. But more and more, the financial industry is getting involved in this, and they and they say, "Wow, this is, we can make some money off of these investments." We don't really want to encourage the money to flow out. It's against their interests to have the capital move. So if you think about a Fidelity or Schwab or Vanguard, those are the biggest recipients of charitable gifts in the country. Let me just say that one more time. The biggest recipient of charitable donations in the United States is the Fidelity Charitable Gift Fund. We hope some of that money moves out. We know, you know, uh, roughly two-thirds of it may flow out on a given year, but a third of it is just sitting there making investment income for the financial managers. This Now, this may not be connected to this, but I, I do want to talk about it that those in that in the 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 giving the giving pledges that people may may know of they give all this money uh, you know to to a, a donor advice fund or or you know away but they're still getting richer why is that i mean their their wealth continues to grow massively when adjusted for inflation yeah that was one of the things we found so there is a there is a thing um, among billionaires called the giving pledge started by Warren Buffett and Bill Gates. And it was, you know, it's a good idea. It's basically saying instead of hoarding the wealth for generations, why don't we give it away? Um, And these are people who have pledged to give half their wealth away in their lifetime. Um, But what's 14 years later, after the founding of the pledge, we kind of went back and, and, and looked at it. You'd think that if they've pledged to give away half their wealth, that their assets would have gone down over 14 years in fact, for a lot of them, their wealth has doubled. In the case of Mark Zuckerberg, his wealth has gone up, you know, over a thousand percent. So, if their um, if their pledge is to give the wealth away, they they're, they're they're kind of they need to get on it. You know, it's not mm-hmm. moving very fast. It, the wealth is multiplying, um, and you now see um, very sophisticated kind of big private equity hedge fund guys who are like oh, we can keep managing the money. We just give the money to this foundation. When we're required to pay out some money, we give it to a donor-advised fund that has no payout. Basically, they're they're sitting on top of these giant pools of capital still. They haven't surrendered any of the power over that, and they've already gotten a tax break. And let's, let me just say one other fact. Uh, for every dollar a billionaire gives to charity, we, the rest of us, chip in 74 cents of that dollar. Up to 74 cents of that dollar is lost tax revenue. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so in a sense, we are subsidizing yes. the private giving decisions of the ultra-rich. And that should just kind of wake us up. We should be right. like, wait a sec, these are our tax dollars at work, and we want them to move to community organizations trying to solve real yeah. problems. And and they're they're not getting dividends from these donations, but they do remain, as you say, have power and influence on this massive amount of money sitting there and how it's going to be spent. That's right. I mean, to be clear, if I give money to a foundation and a donor advised fund, I can't get it back mm-hmm. to buy a car. It's not. I have given the money away, but what's weird is it sort of stays in a account that I control. I control the investing of it. And then ultimately, I can decide where the money goes. And you see, you know, the Koch brothers and, uh, you know, some of the the ultra wealthy in our society, 
weaponize their philanthropy. They treat it like it's an extension of their power. Yeah. Um, so they give their money to candidates and they give their money to, you know, political organizations and then they give their tax exempt donations to, you know, right wing think tanks that reinforce their worldview. Um, so it's a, it's 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 a form of taxpayer subsidized private power. Yes. And that should be offensive to all of us. So you say we need to update the laws governing philanthropy to keep the financial industry from capturing it and turn it into another tax dodge for the wealthiest. Can you talk about the recommendations to reform charitable giving? Yeah, I mean, we we support what we think are pretty simple reforms. One is increase payout, require foundations to increase the amount of money that they give away every year so it doesn't just sort of warehouse and pile up require that donor advised funds have a payout there's no payout requirement um and so again, there's currently no that. payout requirement right just think about that you get a tax break the year you put the money into a donor advised fund but there's no requirement that it leaves so you could oh maybe i'll do impact investing maybe i'll uh, you know, invest in these other things, but the money isn't flowing out the back. So, so one of the changes is, yeah, pay, pay out, pay, pay it out over five years, pay it out over three years. So that's uh, the shell people, game aspect to this. That's right. Yeah. And there are other shell games. So private foundations are supposed to give away 5% of their assets every year. That's called their payout requirement. It's the law, but there's a lot of gaming of that. You can, include your salaries you can include your overhead uh so you start to see these little foundations where they chew up a lot of money paying themselves and paying for lavish offices and meetings in exotic locations these, these are abuses of essentially tax dollars um, but there's no real rigorous oversight so yeah we think we think uh increased payout require, eliminate some of these shell games mm -hmm. around what constitutes payout. Um, and even our more radical ideas, well, just cap, cap the amount that a wealthy person can deduct in their lifetime. You know, we shouldn't have billionaires who pay no taxes because they've created a foundation that their great-great-grandchildren will still be dribbling the money out. That is not a good use of our collective mm -hmm. tax dollars. Um, so let's cap it, cap it at yeah. half a billion dollars or whatever, but pretty high up. But then you don't have these billionaires opting out of the the tax system as they are. Wow. And, and some transparency, right? Thank you. Yes. So the other thing, a donor advised fund. Now we're learning that, you know, people are using uh, donor advised funds to kind of effectively be a dark money channel. They, they don't have to report where the money goes. And so you see uh, people funding white supremacist groups and hate groups using donor-advised funds as a way to sort of do that anonymously. Um, and again, these are our tax dollars at work. You know, if we saw any other government program where the just money went into a black box and we didn't know where it went, there would be oversight. And yet we allow that with the charity system, which we taxpayers subsidize. So yeah, let we, we the public should know where does the money go, on an account by account basis. Donor advised funds should report where the money is going, and and those donors should be accountable. Chuck, is there is there any legislation 
that that is identifiable now that is working on this? There is an effort to pass something called the ACE Act, Accelerate Charitable Effectiveness. And we are working with members of, of Congress to introduce in the new year a kind of bolder charity reform bill. Awesome. So stay tuned. Um, and, and through inequality.org, and you mentioned we now have a, a little newsletter that for people who are interested in charity reform, uh, it's called the Charity Reformer. And you just sign up at inequality.org, and we'll send you that. It's a periodic update on the organizing work. And in the new year, we've we've already started something called the Donor Revolt for Charity Reform. We're getting people who have foundations and DAFs to speak out. And there's a you know People's Revolt, which is people who don't have <laughs> private foundations and donor advice funds, also calling for these charity reforms. Hey, you can learn about that at inequality.org. Thank you. Hey, Chuck, I've, time flew by. I want to just thank you for being with me. I wanted to talk with you at the end of the year. Chuck Collins, Director of the Program on Inequality and the Common Good at the Institute for Policy Studies. He co-edits inequality.org and also sign up there for the Charity Reformer newsletter that focuses on this exact topic. Hey, but I got to say so long. Thanks for talking with me, Chuck. Thanks, Dan. Take care. Hi. Happy New Year. Yes, you too.